welcome to the official Brennan Ritchie Substack Podcast episode. Today's date is March the 8th, 2023. And if you're tuning in here for the first time, welcome aboard. I'm glad to have you here to listening in. And if you are here for the first time, the, the goal of this show, the purpose of this podcast, the purpose of this blog is to serve as a, as a map for helping you and those around you to be a zenith during chaotic times. And if you're returning for a, a returning listener, rather, then welcome back. I'm grateful to have you here. Hopefully, uh, I think that you both, if you're a new listener or a regular listener, that you will find today's episode compelling, something to think about, something to explore, and something to share with your friends and family. If you are tuning in for the first time, I just want to ask you real quick, if you would, make sure that you go and subscribe to the Substack at brandonritchie.substack.com. You can subscribe there, and doing so, you will be notified of all the latest episodes the latest articles, all the all the latest pieces, uh, as well as I, I have a chat uh, chat system uh, there as well uh, for you all. So if if you get in and I can engage the chat, and I want to encourage that as well because I I have uh, recently found myself being suppressed by some of the Facebook oligarchs, and so uh, every time I go to make a post. The post is quickly pushed and immediately pushed down very, very low into the feed. So I have to work very hard to kind of circumvent that. But the more people that I get on board here, it's going to enable me to share the message and to keep my reach up so that I can reach reach you all and that I can continue to spread the message and you all can also help spread the message and we can help others to be zenith during chaotic times. So if that's... Uh, if that if you can just go do that, that would be a big help. Also, you can listen to this platform on multiple or this uh, podcast on multiple pa- platforms. I'm on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn. I've got a few others out there that I'm on uh, across the spectrum. If you would, if you if you are listening on Spotify, please, if you would, just go and smash that follow button. That way you can get some some of the latest updates on that platform as well. And if you would, take about three seconds to to hit the five-star rating as that will help to push the show into the upper part of the algorithms of that platform as well. And you can show your support in that regard. So what are we going to talk about today? Today, I've been doing article readouts, and uh, the schedule's been a little demanding lately, so I haven't had time to sit and write with uh, clarity on my thoughts, but I was able to organize some thoughts for an episode today that I can just kind of speak a little more freely about. But uh, today, I want to talk about a little bit of a different, we're going to discuss a little bit of a different topic, and... um, I want to start here with a quote. A quote says, uh, The price of apathy towards public affairs is to be ruled by evil men. Plato. So that that term apathy, that is something that is really, is something that has, has kind of had a spotlight on it, if you will, at least in my head and in my mind over the past few years. I find that a lot of people, if you start talking about current events or the state of the affairs of the world, state of the affairs of community, state of the affairs of government, 
the political state of affairs, whatever it may be, that a lot of people tend to just, oh, I don't want to hear it. You know, they just kind of kind of brush it aside. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to hear it. I'm tired. I hear that a lot. I'm just, people are so tired of dealing with it. And And I get that. I do get that. However, the problem with dismissing difficult things things that uh, make you uneasy, things that serve to be a challenge in your life, is that if you continue to dismiss them and push them away over and over and over, eventually, that if you recognize it to be a problem, and that's why you dismiss it, and you continue to do that, eventually that problem is going to kick in your front door, and it's going to get in your face and force you to face it, I always say that you can re- ignore reality all the way up until the point that you can't. Because reality will make you, it will force you, it will bend you to its will. Okay? And this is why apathy to me is really a f- very risky and foolish thing. I think that we cannot afford to be apathetic in our society, uh, particularly today. We have to be able to stay focused. We have to optimize our knowledge of our environment. And the way I do this on this show, if you're a first-time listener, is I examine human nature. Human nature, see, is it is what it is. There, man is flawed, right? And because man is flawed, we're going to have problems in the world. And we always will have problems in the world, in this world. And... That's why there is no such thing as a utopia here on this planet. And people say, well, can't we strive? Well, yeah, we can always strive for a better world. The problem is it depends on what your worldview is, right? If your worldview is about control and controlling the masses, if it's about getting behind a an idea that serves to be a danger to other people and infringes on other people's rights and infringes on other people's station in life, then that's that may be a utopia in the person's mind that is waging such a plan. But what about those people that are on the receiving end of that plan? That is not the way to go, right? So the way the way we can pursue a better future is to look at the individual. The individual is the world's smallest minority. I believe this. And it doesn't matter the individual's religion, skin color, uh, sexual preference, um, their, you know, their background, their beliefs, uh, their economic standing. It doesn't matter about any of that. What does matter is that that individual should have the same amount of rights as, as the president of the United States. Period. It's that simple. That was the intentional founding of this country. And I don't want to get into really the political side of it, but that is the actual uh, standard. That is the actual standard. That is the closest thing, in my view, in my mind, that we can get to a a utopian-like pursuit or have a utopian-like pursuit here. But there is no such thing as a utopia, perfect world, because everyone, what is perfect? Everyone's view of what is perfect, well, it just depends on who you're asking, right? So um, so with that being said, I want to talk today 
also about with apathy. Apathy means, by definition, it means to not care, to, to lack interest in something and to, to dismiss something because of a lack of interest or you don't care. And with that apathy, that apathetic attitude, another thing that comes with this is, um, is a, it's a, to me, a form of conformity. All right. So conformity, uh, that means to basically go along with the status quo, conform to the people around you, conform. It means to go along, to get along, right? So I want to talk about conformity. And there was a experiment, a psychological experiment that was known as the uh, the Ash Conformity Experiment, okay? And uh, this was uh, implemented by a psychologist, an American Polish psychologist, a gestalt psychologist uh, named Solomon Ash. And when he performed this experiment, essentially, that involved eight college students, eight male college students, and it was a percep- it's like a simple perceptual task. And when you look at this experiment, all, the way it was set up, the structure of it, if you will, all but one of the participants were actors. Okay, so you had these eight male college students. Of the eight, seven were actors. One was a participant. Okay, and the focus of the study was to see how that one uh, true participant would react to the other actors to to their behavior because he just thought they were also participants in this experiment, right? So the actors knew the true aim of the experiment, but the participant believed they were equal participants in the study. He did not know, you know, about the, the other seven, the other seven guys being actors in this experiment, right? So, so it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting setup. So, so the way this worked is that each student uh, would view a card. They would be shown a, a card with a line on it, followed by a second card. And the second card would have three lines of different links uh, that, that would show on a display. And they would be labeled A, B, C, or 1, 2, 3, right? Uh, these, these other lines. And one of the lines was the same length as the as the standalone line on the first card that was shown to the to the participants and the actor. So so they were shown a card. On that card they had a line of a certain length. And then on the second card they had three line uh three different lines and they were labeled one, two, three, or ABC. And one of those three lines was the same length as the as the line on the first card they were shown. Okay? So Stay with me here. So they're so they're show they're shown this experiment, right? So now here's the thing. Um, the the other two lines that they were shown. So one one of the lines of the second card would be the same length as the as the line on the first card, but the other two lines uh, were clearly longer or shorter than the first line shown. And as a side note, uh, when they were showing this. And the actors were also prepped, right, prior to this experiment. And they were prepped in how to respond, what to say. And so the uh, so so basically, as a side note, a near 
vote of correct response was expected with this study for the participants, right? So each participant was asked to say aloud which line matched the length of the line on the first card that they were shown. So again, prior to the experiment, the actors uh, were instructed on how they would respond to each presented card or to pre- to each presentation, to each trial, right? So they'd be shown, they'd, they'd tell the actors, hey, you know, uh, you know, this this first line here is going to be the same length as line A, but we want you to purposely select either the correct answer, line A, on this trial, or select the wrong answer, select trial uh, line C, all of you, even though it's the wrong answer. So they would instruct them. So, but the But the participant, the actual lone participant in the study, had no idea this was going on, right? because he was at the center of the study, his reaction. So this, uh, so with this instruction, they would always select a common line together with each trial option that came up. However, sometimes they would give the correct response, and other times they would give an incorrect response. Because of this model, the group was seated so that the one true single participant of the study he would he would be last. He would he would go last in in being able to issue his response in the study. So the subjects completed eighteen trials. On the first couple of trials, they gave the um, obvious correct answer. However, on the third trial, the actors gave the wrong answer. They continued to give wrong answers for the remaining eleven of fifteen of the fifteen trials. Right. This was the key focus of the study <clears throat> as, uh, as these 12 critical trials were where the actors were, you know, gave the wrong answers. It was done to test how many of the subjects that were the true participants uh, in this study would change their answers in order to conform to the other seven actors, right? Despite the answers being wrong. They wanted to see how this participant would be influenced so here they go. They get all seven guys. Let's say line B was the wrong answer. They chose line B, and now uh, the seven actors. And then when the eighth guy came up, the eighth participant, the true participant of the study, he would come up, and they were going to study to see what how his answer would be influenced by the previous seven votes, right? The results of this study showed that majority of the participants of the study, consisting of about 63%, still gave the correct answer. However, a sizable 36% of the participants gave the wrong answer to just, quote, go along, end quote, with the group in order to conform. So the, so the, so 38, or excuse me, 36%, of the participants that were in the study actually and they and they debriefed them this is the other thing okay so i said i i even used the words go along how did i know that well they even debriefed these participants after the study to inquire as to why they gave the answer they gave and the participants willingly admitted that the that they conformed and they, they changed their answer to just go along with the crowd. 
How about that? So they knew the answer was wrong, but they chose willingly to go along with the crowd. So they went ahead and gave the wrong answer. Now, why did this happen? We can examine this, but I think we kind of know the answer. This is a social pressure uh, kind of a situation. You're in a room full of people and everybody's uh, spitting out one answer that are, that's all the same, even though you know it's wrong. You've got to ask yourself, am I going to go along with this answer? And this was a telling this was telling uh, to me, but I I have experienced things like this in my own life, in fact, and I was the one to go against the grain. I always have been that way. Um, in fact, this show exists. I'm doing that ver- that very thing right now with this podcast. Uh, a lot of people aren't picking up, you know, picking up a microphone or picking up a notebook or type, you know, going in and typing and writing out articles on various topics involving history and philosophy this day and age because it there's a lot of fight that goes against it. And those of us that do it understand this. So my point here, this is my point, is I think the thing about conformity to a point, granted, we have things that we conform to in our lives. We have things we conform to in society. We have, to, we have to all agree to follow laws, right? We have to agree to follow traffic laws. We have to agree to abide by certain rules in society. I get that. I get it. But when something doesn't make sense, and when something goes against something we know isn't right, something that it violates a civil right, something that violates something we believe in, something that that we know is wrong in our gut, something that we know is incorrect. Um, the the way to not conform it, it takes it takes a bit of courage, quite frankly. And that courage is something that we all have to muster up. We have to have that that thing within us to buck the trend, to go against the to go against the mob, if you will, to go against the group, to go against groupthink, and to stand alone in something we know to be right. And it's this to me, see, I think not doing this is, is culturally is a real danger. In fact, this is how conformity can be a real danger in culture culturally speaking, in terms of a cultural situation, it can be a real problem. Let's take, for instance, um, the way something may work in a corporation or something in a, in a government agency where someone decides that, uh, hey, you know, we're going to, are we going to hire someone based on their skin color, based on their religion? Um, because it's, you know, they put a nice title in front of it, like affirmative action. Is this really something that we're doing to help this person? Is it really something that's right to do in this situation? Or are we going to look at the merits of people and based on the merits and based on what we know 
this individual is capable of, hire them on those criteria, right? I think this is this is the danger of conformity because what happens is when you start favoring a a particular narrative, a particular group, a narrative. You think about narrative. Think about the pandemic narrative. Uh, I don't want to wear a mask in in a store. Um, in fact, uh, back when it happened, I remember walking into Target right at the beginning couple of weeks of that and i was like the only one that didn't have a mask on and i felt like rowdy roddy piper in that movie uh they live boy i had everyone turn and looking at me i just felt like if i had a pair of sunglasses on everything i could i could really see the truth of what was happening but uh like aliens or something you know but it was it was a very surreal experience i'll never forget it but i remember walking in and having everyone look in my direction like i was a uh you know like i was a freak or something and and i remember thinking that and i was like gosh this is weird and i knew it wasn't right and i knew based on a lot of things i knew based on uh, the amount of knowledge that i've had over the years about health limited knowledge of biology and what i've taught been had been taught even in the basics about the immune system and how the body works I knew that it wasn't something that was going to make a difference in the public square. It's not like a controlled environment where you have, you know, doctors in a very sanitary and controlled environment that have, you know, several steps of a protocol they follow to even wash their hands and to place a mask on their face. The public doesn't do that. Everyday people, don't. they don't do that. They have masks. They hang them from their rearview mirror. They throw, you know... They wear the mat, wear one multiple times and spread bacteria that way. I, I just, I knew it didn't make sense, right? And as we know now, based on um, much of the data, several of the studies that come out, we know it doesn't work in the particle size of viruses and all of this. We understand this. But the point is, the conformity that came in the beginning with a narrative. These narratives, when they when we yield to them and conform, then we set a precedent. And that precedent moves the meter. And when you move the meter, you move the Overton window, right? And that Overton window, it can be it can continually be shifted, right? And if you're not familiar with the Overton window, it was a based on the idea from a political strategist named Joseph Overton. The idea was that if you had, um, you know, a concept or an idea, uh, politically speaking, the viability of that idea would be determined as to whether or not that idea uh, was too too extreme, if one way or the other, if it or if it was just right for the time. If it's just right for the time, it fits into that Overton window. And so the viability of that idea sticks, right? But here's the thing. The the Overton window can move, right? So even though um, now, you know, if we said, hey, you you got to do X, Y, Z to go into this store to shop, right? So now we understand based on the counter narrative, we understand that's not a good idea. I think we understand as society a bit more about conformity, how that's not a good idea but the more people you get to conform to an idea 
it's easier to move the Overton window in a direction that you want it to be moved. So if you're trying to implement a radical idea, well, the way you achieve that is you you introduce um, uh, ideas that may not you kind of flood the zone with different ideas and change it little bit by little bit over time. And in time, eventually, you get the Overton window moved to a point where the most radical idea you want will fit into that opportunity zone. So you can squeeze it into that Overton window, and now it's a reality. And the thing is here is this is all based on how information flows, what we do with information and building narratives. We live in a world of narratives, and and in, in these narratives that are driven by media and Hollywood and information in the tabloids and newspapers and magazines and all of this, right? So the, the narrative, when it starts, um, whether it's accurate, truthful or not, it, it, it starts getting out into the public and you start to shape a narrative and you, what you're doing is you're building fuel there an opportunity there to move the Overton window. And quite frankly, this is true on all sides. This is true uh, for propagandists. Everything's propaganda to a degree. This show, I have, look, there. this is the reason. There is no such thing as unbiased humans, okay? I told you at the beginning of this show that this podcast itself serves as a map for helping you and those around you to be a zenith and that I do it by diving into history and philosophy. But I also, because I understand history and philosophy, I'm also going to shape a narrative that fits in line with my views. Okay. Now I do believe in truth. I believe in absolute truth, but, but, um, but in in shaping that narrative, because I'm flawed, because I'm human, I can make mistakes. But I admit that. But with that understanding, I know for a fact those in opposition to me make mistakes. That's why I started the show. So I want to be the counter narrative. I want to be the counter culture. And I think that's important so we don't allow that over to window to continue to shift to a point where we don't even recognize who we are and who our society is. And I believe there is no dispute nowadays about how far and how fast and how aggressive some people, some totalitarians are trying to move that over to window. So this is this is the key. So this is all about information and drive. And this is the danger Culturally speaking, in a culture, the danger of conformity. And so I wanted to put out, you know, how we should be skeptical and view these things with a skeptic's eye or a skeptical eye whenever there is some mass ruling that comes down. And we also have to be careful about what things we support when certain public rules, laws are offered up as suggestions to be implemented into society, I think we have to be skeptical of all of those, particularly now. In fact, I think we're reaching a point now where uh, 
things are converging and there's going to be massive clashes in our you know in the in the political atmosphere the political realm there's going to be massive clashes in the financial realm and uh, concerningly enough uh clashes on battlefields as well with kinetic kinetic wars and things like that and i i hope that can be avoided but that's why i have this show is to spread this information and to awaken people to that possibility because the things that you support you will move the overton window in that direction so you have to be aware of the things that you support and this is why it's important to understand like the ash conformity experiment if you're conforming to something well ask yourself is it the right thing like the one 30 what was it 36 percent of the participants uh they recognized they were the answer was wrong but they conformed and, and they willingly gave the wrong answer anyway now in that experiment it didn't cost them maybe it embarrassed them a little bit in the debrief in the debriefing interview after the experiment but in real life it cost you see in real life it cost you in real life Whatever you support, that that's the direction you're trying to move that Overton window. So you have to be you have to be um, aware of that. I think this is critically important for all of us as individuals, right? And how our lives, and not only that, our families' lives, and not only that. If you think about our country and think about everything our country, but every country is going through right now. But here in the States, I can say, you know, look at those people that came before us and gave us what we have. We stand on the shoulders of giants. We we owe it just as much to them to understand this environment we're in, to not lose it, to not squander it. I mean, they spilt a lot of blood, fortune, treasure, family to to be to give and pass down to to this awesome society we have now and that is under threat right now right now as i'm making this it's under threat and we have to all be engaged this is an all hands on deck situation and this is why this is exactly this is the sole reason this podcast this show exists because here is the place where I'm going to be one more voice. If I'm one of thousands or one of millions, I'm one more voice to reach one more person so that we can impact that change. And we're going to do it together. And we're going to do it positively. And we're going to do it through uh, information. And we're going to do this through culture. And we're going to move the Overton window in the way it needs to be moved so that we all have a better life as well as our families. And that is the lesson for today. And I hope you guys, I hope I didn't ramble on too long. I hope today was was helpful enough. And perhaps it's something you can use to give you a little bit of uh, ammunition to help. If you have to find yourself in a debate with a family member or friend, then you know what? If they're easy, quick to put, to conform with uh, something that's not a good idea, point to the uh, Solomon Ash experiment, the conformity, the Ash conformity experiment. 
and uh, back it up with evidence. Science, man. This is psychology. This is real science. This is not brought to you by some major pharmaceutical company. (laughs) So anyway, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode for today. And if you did, please make sure that you subscribe. The only way this is going to work, guys, the only way we can get this out, I need your help. I need your help to spread the message. So make sure you subscribe at brandonritchie.substack.com. Make sure that you uh, follow me on Spotify. Make sure you give Spotify the five-star rating to boost the show that way. That's how it can gain more exposure. And you can feel confident knowing that you're giving a some new blood a chance to get a voice out into the ether, to get a voice out into the public, to counter other narratives that are trying to move the over window in the direction they want. And this is another way that we can halt it and move it in the opposite direction. So if that is something you feel confident about, then please lend your support. I don't talk about this as much uh, recently. I haven't plugged this as much, but if you go down below the fold here, I'm going to have a, uh, you can get a give subscription or a donate subscription and you can lend a pledge and you subscribe. I'm offering paid memberships, uh, subscriptions here that helps to fund the show and the time and the energy that I put into this. Um, but, uh, if you want to do that, please sign up for that and you can get some extra content there as well. I explain it there uh, with the email that you'll receive once uh, you do so. So with that being said, uh, make sure that you also join me on Facebook, Getter, and Twitter. Connect with me there. I'm being suppressed on Facebook right now, but if you you know take the energy and seek it out, seek out my profile, you'll get all the latest updates there as well. Uh, Getter and Twitter, I'm posting there as well connect and make sure you subscribe so you can join that chat on Substack. And with that being said, you guys stay strong, stay focused, stay active. Have a great day.